Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Chris Reifert from Autopsy. You are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Cool, I got coffee and everything here. Yeah, me too. You doing all right? Oh, yeah, doing super good. How about you? I can't complain at all. We we schedule like once a month on a Tuesday to do podcasts all day long. Usually my partner's oh, here. Oh, cool. Usually I have a partner with me, but she had something. She had to dip off early, so you got just me. Okay, cool. Well, you got just me here, too. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about autopsy. Um, I guess okay. we could, I guess we could just jump right in. Morbidity Triumphant was released, what, last Friday, right? Mm-hmm. What's been the response yes, to it? So, what's been the response to it so far, and how do you feel about it? And are you satisfied with the outcome? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, response has been actually kind of kind of surprising. Um, it's been better than better than usual for whatever reason. You know, um, of course, there's going to be a couple people that that wish it was metal funeral or something like that, right? But um, but <laughs> but largely, it's been really surprisingly good you know uh i don't know what i was expecting but but uh yeah we're, we're real happy with with the reception so far and what do we think i don't know we're so tightly connected with it you know it's it's hard to just uh listen to it as a listener although i i'm starting to get a little more of a sense of that but um it was just so so frenzied uh trying to trying to get it done right because of our uh, time constraints and stuff we had to hurry up and blast it out and then and then uh, jump off to Portugal like you know a couple weeks after finishing so the, it was very kind of stressful in that way you know a lot of like looking at the clock so to speak you right. know like oh my god but um we did it you know and um maybe maybe that <clears throat> worked in our favor you know I mean it, there was a sense of urgency in the recording and that may have carried over into the listening so um but yeah, we're we're super happy with it, and we love Wes's cover art. Um, you know, overall, I'll just say super happy. Sweet. So this is kind of a two part question, but I mean, you're seven records in, and I don't know how many decades. What is it? Three almost three. What now? I said you're seven records in, and how long have you been at this? Like three decades or two decades, right? Oh, with with autopsy, we started in '87, so yeah. What, Thirty-five years, yeah. Yeah. So, how does it feel, or how hard is it not to write the same song, or to you know, to be different from the last record, or is that something you even concern yourself with? No, that's a good question, and that's very much something we concern ourselves with. Um, we don't ever want to, you know, say like, "Oh, people really like that riff in in the Grip of Winter." Let's, you know, write that one again, but with a different note, right? <laughs> something like something like that you know no that's actually a super good question um no we always want to come up with different riffs and different songs i mean we have to sound like ourselves you know so it's we're not gonna throw like trivium riffs or (laughs) dream theater bits or some shit in there you know but but um as long as we sound like ourselves then that gives us the the freedom to mess around with different notes and riffs and tempos and changes of tempos and things like that. So we, I know we all consciously think when we're writing that we should be aware of the fact that we should not recycle anything that we've already done. And, you know, so anything you hear is, is that's, that's where our heads were at trying to, 
come up with stuff that we haven't done before but still sounds like us so yeah very very legit to ask okay so i mean you guys have been like we, we talked about since 87 um and you guys are pretty much considered pioneers of the genre do you ever feel any sort of um responsibility for when you're writing music you know to your proteges or the people that have come after you who you've carved the way for no, no. I mean, we're. I mean, we weren't the first death metal band, and we won't be the last. I mean, we started when it was still a, you know, relatively new thing. But you know, it's not like we we created the the genre or something like that. You know, we're kind of just a link in the chain. You know, there was there was bands before us, and like I said, there'll be there'll be more after we're gone. You know, so uh, no, we don't really worry about that at all. You know. But, you know, it's the main thing is is getting back to the the songwriting thing and and um, just trying to sound like ourselves. That's pretty much it, you know. So it's not it's not very complicated. All right. When you guys are writing, though, are you all writing together? Are you able to do that, or is it like the old school days, or are you bouncing stuff back and forth via email? Um. Yeah. We. You know. We 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 wrote together a little bit in the early days, but not really so much these days. I mean things are different just in the way that, you know, we're not teenagers anymore. And right. Our lives are, our, our personal lives are different, even though our brains aren't, you know, we still think the same way are still idiots in our same ways and right. not idiots in other ways, <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, back before we had to worry about life, you know, it was different. So we'd sit around in the garage or bedroom and bounce riffs off each other a little bit, you know, but Pretty much these days, <clears throat> everyone writes, pretty much writes by themselves, you know. So, like, just for example, let's say, you know, Danny writes a song, you know, he'll, he'll make a recording of it and uh, email it or, you know, now you can, like, text audio right. recordings and stuff like that. So, yeah, so everyone just kind of writes a song and is like, hey, here's my new song, check it out. And then we pretty much always like our stuff, you know, no one ever has to say oh your new song sucks we can't play that <laughs> so, <laughs> right so that's that's cool you know um so mostly it's just a matter of checking out someone's new song and and uh learning it you know maybe maybe learning it a little bit at home like i, I draw like maps on paper these weird you know drummer maps that uh correlate with the guitars and so i, I like to show up in the rehearsal room sort of knowing what's happening but if not then then uh, whoever wrote the song will just kind of walk us all through it. And then um, lyrics are, are usually the last thing. Like I don't ever do vocals on, on new songs in the rehearsal room. That, that comes after right. after the album. So I can, I can wait till the last minute to write uh, lyrics. And then uh, the hard part is after the album's done, if we're going to play songs off the new album, then I have to learn how to do the vocals and play drums at the same time and, and memorize the, the lyrics. So that's right for me. That's the hard part. <laughs> hey, that's a whole lot of things going on at once. That's for sure. It's a lot of input. So we're, <laughs> we've actually been doing that because we have a show coming up in a few weeks and we're throwing a handful of songs off the new album into the set. So uh, I've got some homework to do, but it's good for you. You know, uh, keeps you moving. Oh yeah. What's it like being back on the road after, you know, that break, that mandatory break everyone had to take? Uh, pretty good. It just um, kind of overwhelming at first because there was two years, you know, just about two years where, you know, we were all riding the hamster wheel, just doing the same thing every day, all day. And right. No variation. Um, 
and then all of a sudden it's just like pow you know everything so it's it started in january of this year with uh an la show los angeles and that was the first one back and then it was it was just basically a matter of everything that had been booked and had been postponed or whatever just came back this year but like i've been telling people the the pieces in the puzzle box got all shook up and then the puzzle was was reassembled differently. So it was like all the same shows, but different months, was you know, it, different dates, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Was it weird getting back on stage with any nerves or any kind of uh, trepidation? Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, yeah, it was weird because just it was a big transition going back to normal life, you know, um, like just the whole like masks and all that stuff and or lack of or or whatever so la was a trip that was the first one back with a large crowd of people and i think like i think people just in general weren't sure how to conduct themselves but it was a killer show and everyone ended up going crazy and like i think by the time we we played no one was worried about that stuff anymore it was just like here we are let's go crazy fuck it so um so yeah, and then things kind of kind of seemed to get a little bit more normal. And then we we did the album right after LA. Like we had to just hurry up and jump in the studio and, and do that. And then immediately s- switch gears and go to Portugal and Holland. And then just as a reminder, the fact that things weren't normal, I came home with fucking COVID from oh, uh, Holland, and and that was weird, man. It did weird shit to my vision for like fucking seven weeks. Really? As a, a result, and then that finally got normal. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, guess what? Things are still not <laughs> totally <laughs> the same. But uh, you know, we soldiered on and still did all the shows we we're supposed to do, and and um, are still doing them. And now we're going to Chicago into this month, so uh, it's been it's been a, a, a pretty nutty year. That's great. Are you guys one of those bands that is always writing, or you guys, uh, you know, set aside a time to do that? No, um, sip the coffee. No, we just pretty much, I think, write when we know there is a reason to write. At least I mean, that's how I am. Um, I think the other guys are, are more or less the same way. Like if we if we have an album, you know, if we're talking about doing a new album, then that'll spark the 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 writing you know then we'll we'll have a, a purpose you know um and then once we have a studio date that that accelerates the the writing <laughs> yeah you, you know, gotta get you got it a done deadline coming up right you can't fall short or be like sorry guys i got nothing you know <laughs> or, or you know when we don't have time to write in the studio or, or studio time is quick you know we don't have time to hang around and watch movies or fucking play backgammon or some shit, you yeah. know, we get in there and, and just go for it. And, and then we're done. So that's, that's the, the deadline is what, what makes the writing happen, you know, for the most part, or, you know, we're just talking about, Hey, we should do an album that, you know, we'll probably start writing a bit just to get started. But the really deadlines are what make us, that's, that's what makes everything happen. You know, deadlines. Otherwise we just, you know, I don't know, do whatever else we're doing. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the backgammon in the studio because I'm going to just digress for a second. But uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm dating myself, but I was an engineer at the Hit Factory in uh, in New York. And those, oh. were, the, those were the days when, um, you know, record companies had budgets or bands had budgets from the record companies. And, you know, they would get these great big lockouts for weeks on end. And 
I remember sitting, just sitting there waiting for people, you know, to order hookers, get their hair cut. I mean, all <laughs> t- because they didn't care. They weren't paying for the studio time. You, you know, the funny thing is, though, I'm sure they, they did pay for it in the end. Yeah. Studio budgets are basically alone. Yes, you're 100% right. But I think a lot, it was a different time then. And I think a lot of these people were, I know a lot of these people were young. And they were just like, oh, shit, we just got all this fucking money. Let's go have fun with it, never realizing it was coming out the other side, like you said. And then, you know, where are they now? Because they had to pay all that shit back. I've read, I've read stories about big bands from around then just, you know, doing these lavish things and just, you know, feeling like rock stars and all that. And then later going, oh, that wasn't our money to blow. <laughs> they were just so, basically lending it to us right. what we've done. So, that, yeah, there, there was that... Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's not us. <laughs> now times have changed drastically. I, mean, I don't even know if there's any of those real big studios around anymore. If there are, they're very few and far between, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's plenty around. I mean, we were bummed out when Fantasy Studios closed because that was one of those, you know, the like super nice ones that right. we did a whole bunch of stuff at, and then they, you know, they uh, ended up closing the doors, but. I, I do wonder sometimes, I don't know if you hear about it so much now, but definitely, definitely in the 90s and stuff like that, you know, bands talking about, oh yeah, our drummer, he fucking banged out his drums in two months. We couldn't believe it, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Or, <laughs> or uh, you know, yeah, we did the album in six months. We were really hauling ass or yeah. stuff like that. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm glad you got time for that. We're in there for seven days or eight days. That's including the mix. Right. And that's <laughs> eight tracks or whatever, right? Yeah. So, yeah, everyone works in different ways. But, you know, we just get right to the point and get, get the fuck out. That's beautiful. So you said you've got a couple dates coming up. And what are you doing after that? Do you have a, a tour going on or is it just going to be one-offs? Well, our, our proper touring days are definitely long over yeah. in, in terms of, like, getting in a, a a van or a bus or an RV and slogging around somewhere for a month. We'll, you know, absolutely never do that again. You know, we did that and we did that in a few times, you know, in like the early nineties. And that was, that was enough. <laughs> I know yeah. there's a lot of bands that that's a way of life for them and they just can't not be on the road, but they would, it would kill it for us. We would, we'd fucking hate it. You know, everyone has actual home lives that they enjoy now too. So, yeah. um, but, but you know we have been having said that we've been doing you know a lot of traveling this year you know we did the LA and Portugal and Netherlands and Baltimore and Portland and Texas and the UK and now Chicago and we did a local one too in there which was fun um but the the Chicago one this month is the last one for the year and then I think we're gonna get back speaking of such things back into songwriting mode and attempt to do a new album next spring so it doesn't turn into another handful of years to get another album out because we used to try and do one every year or some kind of release or whatever things got all all jumbled up and uh we'd like to get productive again and not just be like a a nostalgia act or something like hey remember what we used to do here we are (laughs) (laughs) right you know something like that so i think that's that's what we'd like to do and then we have a a couple of shows booked for next year, only two so far. Uh, I don't know what else is going to fall into place for gigs. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's we got kind of a, a, a blank slate for next year, which is nice. Right. 
right? Do whatever. But hey, so what does an autopsy crowd look like nowadays, right? Because I imagine it's multi generational, like people like myself going to taking their kids or their grandkids to the shows, right? Yeah, I'm asking all the cool questions. I gotta tell you. Well, thank you. Yeah, no one's been asking me things like this. Um, it's really cool because, yeah, different generations. That was the first time we experienced that was when we did our big quote-unquote comeback show or whatever you want to call it in 2010. And having not played a show since 95 with Autopsy, we didn't we didn't know anything about what to expect even though you know some of us had done other bands and played shows and whatever this is this was autopsy and so right. it was like totally different things so we didn't know if we were going to walk out on stage and everyone just went boo you suck <laughs> right or yay or whatever honestly we had no idea you know and we hadn't played out for so long we we're like fuck how's this gonna go we have no idea and then the cool thing was we went out and did a quick line check for like 20 seconds and everyone just blew up, you know, like it was like a sea of, yeah, and stuff. We're like, oh, shit, that was the line check. <laughs> nice. So, so that was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. We can relax a little bit. But the reason I even mentioned that at all is because we got to see the crowd. It was an outdoor show. Um, it was Maryland Death Fest 2010 in Baltimore. It was out in some city street there. Uh, shit tons of people. And we were tripping out because we we're like, oh, my God, there's all the people like, you know, from our age bracket or, or, you know, give or take. And then there's like 17 year olds and shit like that. And then we're playing, we could see them like singing our lyrics as we played it. So it wasn't like, Oh, my dad forced me to go to this dumb show, you know, but they were like singing the lyrics and shit. So we're like, Oh my God, this is like, it's, it's cool on several levels. I mean, number one, it's, it's, uh, being passed on to the next, generation you know not to sound old or whatever but it's true but at some point you know we're gonna all fall over dead and you know if, if these guys keep this whole thing going and pass it on to the next generation how cool is that oh yeah that's pretty amazing you know so it's good that we're enjoying it in our lifetime but it's also cool because it means death metal as as a thing has passed the test of time and it's not suffered the fate of like groove metal or insert subgenre here that right. no one cares about anymore. You know, it's, it's like, not only is it past the test, but it's actually, I don't want to say acceptable because that would be lame and it should never be acceptable, but it's, it's more well known than ever now. I mean, you could just walk up to someone at your local Safeway and then be like, do you know what death metal is? And they'll go, yeah, I think it sucks, but I know what it is. Right, right, right. But it's not if meant for everybody that, though. You know, X amount of years ago, someone would be like, um, security. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. Um, so there, there's, yeah, different, I don't know. That's, it's, uh, you know, metal people at our shows, you know, with maybe an occasional oddball or whatever once in a while, which is fantastic. Come on over, come and see us. It's great. But yeah, great. Um, super good. I mean, shit, we even, as a lot of people know now, last time we played Maryland Death Fest, we even had some chick taking a piss in a guy's mouth and sitting on his face in the middle of the pit while we played our show. So, I mean, yep. what else do you want? You know, <laughs> right. just checking all the boxes here. I was supposed to be at that festival, but that was, I live in Richmond, so I'm about two and a half hours, and the weather was so fucked up that day. I couldn't even get out of my neighborhood. Oh, it was hot as hell. I remember that. No, oh, the rain. There was like a wicked storm down here, and I couldn't make it up. The, I couldn't make the drive. 
Oh, yeah, we didn't have rain over in Baltimore. It was just uh, oppressive heat. Yeah, but you had that, uh, you talked about that, and then I think somebody jumped off a, a balcony there, too, or a parking garage, too. Oh, yeah, that was the, the day before we played. Someone actually uh, killed themselves uh, um, at some point during during day one. I know that was horrible for the promoters having to... Yeah. To, well, not just for the promoters. Everyone but, you know, involved, for every, right? Everyone involved. That sounded so bad when I started to say that, but they were the ones that we were in contact with, and they were like, how do we deal with this? This is fucked. Yeah. You know, and then just... Everyone from, yeah, like family members to people that had to see it to whatever. It's just all, I mean, I'm not going to make light of it. No, all. no, it's not at terrible. all. No, no. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. So, yeah, so that's how the, I guess that's how the fest started. And then, uh, but, you know, overall, it was killer. You know, the fest was, was awesome, as it always is. Those guys know exactly what they're doing. I bet you got a lot of, uh, of good uh, press from, or free press from that. On stage or that offstage incident? Oh man, yeah, it was it was <laughs> funny because we had no idea. You know, we were playing our set and and then we got done and and then someone showed us like pictures, like, "Oh, did you know this thing happened?" We're like, "No, we were playing our show. We had no idea." And then for the next couple shows after that, that was like all anyone wanted to ask us about. Oh, did you know this thing happened? We're like, right. "Yeah, we know, we know." <laughs> so eventually it was just like yeah we know we know but you know since if you're gonna ask what a crowd looks like at one of our shows and i have to talk about that <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah and then uh and then apparently the next show was portland and we were told that someone got kicked out of the show for taking a shit in the pit which really not nearly as exciting but you know it's you know points for effort i guess i guess i wouldn't want to be the rest of the people in the pit though no, certainly not. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyways, those you know those things almost never happen. But when they do, it's like you know, it's like when a plane crashes, it almost never happens. But when it does, it's like, oh my god. Yep. You know. Um. So one more about the writing of the record, and I've only got a couple of the ones we're just chatting. But do you guys go into writing records with? I know you're very you know horror influenced or whatever. But do you go into or gore influenced? But do you go into writing a record with a theme in mind, or do the songs just take shape? With with what in mind? I'm sorry. With a theme. A theme? Yeah. No, no, just just one by one, just individual songs. And so, if I understood the question. Yeah, right yeah, there. no, no, you got it. That's what I'm. That's what I was kind of gaming at. So they're just individual songs, and then they, you know, you put them on the record themselves. You're not really coming up. Yeah, with Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't ever think about the the big picture of the album. You know, like how songs are going to interplay with one another or, or connect or whatever that that's kind of like the last thing after uh sometimes sometimes we know the order ahead of time but but a lot of the time we don't you know we just record all the songs and then you just you know we, we talk to each other we're like oh this song ends this way and this song starts this way so we should put them together and try and make it you know we don't haphazardly you know come up with a a, a running order right you know like like we don't we don't care, you know, so we, that's, that's what we actually take great things to make sure that the album flows in a cool way. So it's yeah. not like, Oh, all the fast songs are here and all of you know, or whatever. Well, but, um, but, but writing now with just uh, one, one song at a time and then, then we stick them together after the fact. So I actually think that being an ex audio engineer, I think that, uh, there is a lost art in the art of sequencing, right? Because back in the day you put that record together, like you said, so there was a sort of, 
flow, mood, whatever you want to call it. You weren't worried about the every week having to drop a single. And then so, you know, kids like us, we'd go home and listen to the record start to finish like you sequenced it and then read the artwork and read the liner notes. It's a shame oh, yeah. that all that shit is gone. Not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of people that, I mean, it's not, well, I mean, there's there's other alternatives now. A lot of people listen to music online or, you know, download albums. One song at know. a time. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I think that's probably a generational thing, but I could be, I could be wrong about that. But, right. but uh, I mean, you know, as long as people are, are still listening, that's good. I mean, I, it could be worse if no one cared about they music They could not anymore. listen, right. Yeah, so, I mean, at least it's different from what, what we grew up with, but at least they're still hopefully getting that feeling that you get when you listen to something that you like, whether it's, you know, I'm... I, I prefer, I don't, I don't ever listen to just individual songs. I don't do any streaming. I mean, I'm strictly like not to be an elitist or some prick or something, but I honestly, I just do like vinyl and CDs. Yeah. You know, it's just what I, what I happen to like. And I, I still do that thing where when I buy a new album, I'll listen to the whole thing. I'll sit in my little room in my little chair and like listen to the whole thing and like read everything. Yeah. You know, the, notes, the, stare at the cover. I mean, that's what I did as a kid, you know, right. like when I first started getting albums. But, um, so I, I like that. It's like an experience, you know, it's like you're going on a little adventure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, at least people are still listening. So that's good. And you know, a lot of people are buying vinyl and, and now CDs are cool again or so I'm told, you know, and cassettes are, are still kind of lurking in the background. So at least those things are still out there which means people are still wanting them, you know, even if it's not on the scale that it used to be, because right. now there's more convenient, easily digestible ways to get music in your system. But, but, uh, fuck it, man. You know, we're, we're here and alive and records still exist. So what the hell? Yeah, all so, good. so my last question then is however many years we talked about you're in this, you ever imagine you'd still be doing it? I would not even imagine that the year 2022 would be real. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you, you know, if like uh, as a 18 or 17 or whatever, 18 year old, young, disgusting lad, if someone from the future popped into my room and said, hey, you're still going to be playing this racket in 2022, I'd just say 2022 isn't a year. That's the future. Right. <laughs> no one's, no one's going to be alive then. Right. So, uh, crazy. Yeah, it is a little bit of a mind fuck, but, but it's cool. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm not tired of it. You know, I still love doing it. I'm terrible at everything else in life. So I'm glad I have music to, to occupy myself with. Right. Well, cool, man. That's all I've got, Chris. I'm sorry we kind of had a mix up getting it all worked out, but. Yes. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no problem at all. Good luck with the uh, the record and the tours, and stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Right on, man. Right. Thanks so much, and right uh, take it easy. All right. Be well. Bye. Right. Bye. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians. Everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.